You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Kobe, you're talking to us about the dollar. I think uh, we're, we lost these. Where we'll try and get him back on the line, and we got you on the line instead. That's that's great. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the strength of the US dollar tonight, aren't we? Yeah. So, Mike, I, I, I suppose it's quite quite interesting what's been happening in markets at the moment. If you look at um, the United States, you saw uh, the markets aggressively selling down last night on the back end of stimulus hopes that really got pushed forward post the election, and this is really was uh, the president, Donald Trump, uh, indicating that he's not happy doing any stimulus before the elections, but would rather wait until after the elections. You saw the market reacting very, very aggressively on the back end of that. And quite frankly, last night's move on the market is very much um, in tune with what we've seen in the last couple of weeks in markets. And that really is a huge amount of volatility. What we've seen busy happening in, in markets is we're starting to see the volatility in, in, in these markets in markets globally just picking up on the back end of a fairly uncertain world that's busy, uh, that's busy transpiring post the quarter three uh, that we've just experienced in the United States and quite frankly uh, in, in, in Europe as well. So quarter three was all about a resurgence. Quarter four is all about the unknown. And where the market is going from here is anybody's guess, quite frankly. What we're seeing is that all our forward indicators are showing that GDP is probably going to start slowing and then inflation on a rate of change basis will probably do exactly the same thing. And that's obviously quite negative for stocks. And volatilities are showing exactly that. And you spoke about the dollar when you started the conversation, Mike, and the dollar on the back end of that is, is strengthening, obviously, and you've seen that in the RAND as well, huge amount of volatility in the RAND as well relative to the dollar. And uh, if you see uh, inflation in, in the U.S. Uh, ticking up marginally, is that uh, enough to throw the Fed off course? Or has its more accommodative uh, stance meant that we're just likely to see rates lower for longer? Well, how does the inflation picture factor into that outlook for the, uh, the short-term bullishness on the dollar? Well, it's interesting, Mike, because if you look at the U.S. 10-year bonds, you'll see that that's lifted its head and it's trading up at 0.77%. Um, it's no longer down at kind of the 65 basis point or 0.65% level. That indicates that that slow increase that you're seeing in the bond yields uh, indicates that obviously the market is expecting inflation at some point down the line to start uh, to start rearing its uh, its head. But how long and how far that is down the line is anybody's guess at this uh, at this stage. One almost has has to look at inflation relative to where interest rates are in the U.S. as well. The Federal Reserve has promised to keep interest rates as low as they possibly can until at least 2023. That, in essence, means that this very low uh, interest rate environment uh, literally is there just to to ensure there's enough fuel in the economy in order to ensure that GDP at least grows at some level. And obviously the hope here is that this will lead to some form of higher employment numbers, and that that ultimately will start driving inflation. And then we're not seeing those numbers yet. We're not seeing the employment mm. numbers. We're not seeing the net effect at the bottom end of middle class, kind of middle class America. We're not seeing those numbers yet. We're really just seeing, uh, we're really just seeing the levers being pulled at, uh, at capital level and at federal reserve level. Remember also that a lot of the, a lot of the quantitative easing that is being produced uh, and that has been produced is lying in banks at the moment. It's up to the banking system to lend out that money. It's not up to the Federal Reserve to, 
to give money to the man in the street. That, that comes alternatively through the Treasury and through the American government. That's a very, very different source for something like this. Mm. And that's part of the reason why you think markets just, quite frankly, behaving quite, quite erratically at the moment. Yep. I'm afraid to say that if you, don't see, if you don't see the next round of stimulus potentially happening, you just end for even more volatility in markets. So why, why has gold been falling against that backdrop? Surely gold as a safe haven should be rising with all of this uncertainty with uh, GDP and inflation falling in the fourth quarter with the uncertainty around the U.S. election. One would assume gold would be uh, rising in an environment like that. We're below $1,900 an ounce. Yeah, so you're quite right. Um, that infl- gold really should be rallying on the back end of that. Um, what we're finding, which is quite interesting, is that gold sells down with other, with other growth asset classes when there is uncertainty. So the thing that rallies is the U.S. dollar because people are selling their growth-based asset classes and everything else, quite frankly, with it. The volatility in gold is obviously far less than what you're going to pick up by owning, a comp- by owning you know, companies uh, in any exchange. But you still have some, some form of sell-down that happens in, in, in gold. In the very short term, when, uh, when these erratic movements start happening, start happening in stock prices. So the, the, the real thing that you're trying to do from a portfolio construction perspective um, is ensuring that you're not overexposed to shares, but you're also at the same token or not overexposed to gold at the same time. Obviously, volatility adjusting these things. And this is very, very important in portfolio construction, is understanding volatilities of the various asset classes and how you're going to construct an overall solution to achieve long-term returns, but that that ensures that at least you've taken cognizance of volatility at some level. Because without that, you're, um, you, you could be running yourself into trouble uh, by overexposing to very volatile asset classes. Mid-term to long-term, gold then starts rallying on the back end of, uh, once, once, people, once, the, once the dust clears, then people start buying things like gold again. Kirby Lekranji, co-founder of Rexalom Invest with The Real Economy on Classic Business.